For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Big Ten Show with the almost famous Adam Carricker and the much less famous Jeff Turn. And now, your hosts, Adam and Jeff. Welcome in to another edition of the Big Ten Show. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. Welcome in. It is May 1st, and it is a new month, which means we are one month closer to getting to a Big Ten football season. And plenty to get to today, including a recap of the NFL draft. All the Big Ten names can be found at the Big Ten website, but we're going to highlight some of those important ones and those that may have a big impact in the National Football League. Plus, it was a big weekend for the Big Ten as a whole. And we have some transfer portal news. The portal is portalating. And also, we have a... I like that word. Portalating comes with trickolating and all kinds of other ladings. I feel like I'm portalating. All right. Wow. Wow. Man. We may need to get that checked out. And then also we have a big 10 coach that came up with an idea that I want to get Adam's take on. And I got my opinion as well. Adam, happy May 1st to you, buddy. Dude. First of all, a couple things. Number one, the almost famous Adam character and the even less famous Jeff Turn. That's your decision to call yourself that, by the way, not mine. I thought you were going to bust my chops. Now, nobody could actually see our show last time because YouTube, well, it ha- it's not perfect either. So it ended sure. up going up on all the podcast networks. I wore this last week in honor of talking about the draft. Wait, wait, I'm wearing it again you, today. Did you Go wash ahead. it? Maybe. I don't know. I, Do it, you, it, it's like college all over again. I, sometimes I'd wear the same shirt three days in a row. Sometimes not. You know, I, see, I don't know. Like, even in college, man, I was doing laundry daily. Uh, I'm the guy that does the you laundry. Were? Oh, yeah. Oh, God yeah. Bless man. You, man. I, was I, mean, <laughs> I was doing laundry on the daily. Um, I, I wear a shirt like, dude, I so I, I, I wear my clothes during the day and then I always have congratulations. Clothes at night. Good I, job. I appreciate that. My neighbors appreciate it, too. That's awesome. And then, and then I wear, you know, a different pair of clothes, shorts, T-shirt to bed. But, I, you know, in the summertime, if we're out with the kids, I'm usually on three different sets of clothing. Uh, so is that your laundry day. behind you? I can't help but notice my kids, every show are like, is that his laundry behind him? So is that what that is? What is let that behind show. you? Every show. Let's, show. let's show. Hold on. Let me see. Let me go like this. Oh, it's LeBron. I truly did not know what that was. That LeBron. is LeBron's laundry. What's he holding, though? Do you know what he's holding? I think it's his see? laundry that you're doing for him. I wish I was, because you have no idea how much I love the king. It's a terrible story. It's a terrible towel. It's a terrible towel. towel, All right. LeBron the King is holding the greatest towel in the history of mankind. All right, tell me the story. What's up? The story is I dated my wife for exactly one week the first time I asked her to do my laundry. Bam. True story. There there you go. Wow. (laughs) Did she she say yes? She did it. She did it, and we've been together ever since. That's the secret to marriage, ladies and gentlemen. Doing laundry one week into dating. Yes, we did early okay, on too. Right. By the way, well, you were a football player, man. You know, like you had some clout. You were, you know, she you didn't want to date a football player. Oh. She, she's like, I don't want to date a football player. 
I'm, Her brother I'm was on the football team, so we were friends, and that's a whole other story. Let's get into Big Ten football. All right, man, I can't <laughs> wait to ask about her brother, the football team, and many other stories from college as we continue the Big Ten podcast. Again, the Big Ten show right here on Believe's Podcast Network, iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, the whole nine yards. There's a live read I got to get to here in a second because apparently people want to be with us. If you, would, uh, if you would give me a minute, I'll find that. But let's start with the draft. Don't forget uh, YouTube when it works, too. Sorry, YouTube, YouTube, subscribe, like, make sure, you know, all that stuff. All right, so... We had the draft, and we did a little uh, recap of round one on Friday. And then a bunch more Big Ten names went after that. And to quickly refresh, in the first round, we had C.J. Stroud, Devin Witherspoon, Paris Johnson, Peter Skronsky, Lucas Van Ness, Jack Campbell, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Deontay Banks, Mozzie Smith, rounding out the first round. And then it was just a boatload in the second round, a handful in the third, a bunch more in the fourth, a handful, a, a ton more in the fifth. I, th- it was nuts, man. I mean, we talked about it on Friday that it felt like the gap between the SEC and everybody else, including the Big Ten, was closed with regards to, to NFL talent. And that was just after the first round. What was your holistic takeaway from all the names that went off the board from the Big Ten? Because there was a ton of them in the draft this year. So just a reminder, if you find folks missed our show last Thursday, because it wasn't up on YouTube, it's still up on other platforms. You should go back and check it out. But also, oh, let's not forget, I shared a story about Kirk Cousins, mom, shower. I don't know. You piece it together. Go check out the show. Here is my takeaway. And I went to specific schools is what I, how I did this. You okay. look at Northwestern. Okay. How many draft picks do you think they had, Jeff? They were 1-11 a year ago. A 1-11 uh, team had how I'm many draft picks? Yes. One? One? Four. Wow. Four. How do you win one game? That one game being Nebraska, so that doesn't make me happy. We were the one in one and eleven, but we have four draft picks. Okay, Purdue had five draft picks. By the way, the most of any team in the state of Indiana. Notre Dame's in Indiana. In case you find folks at home did not know that Indiana, the university had zero players drafted. The least of any team in the state of Indiana. By the way, Ball State exists in the state of Indiana. Okay. Ball State. <laughs> they were undefeated for a while. <laughs> we're so immature. We made a butt joke before we came on and we both cracked up. <laughs> you never know what's going to come out of our mouths. We prepare and then we wing it. Uh, we're prepared right. to wing it every freaking time. Yes, All right, let's right. see what other notes I got here. All right. Oh, actually, Iowa State had the longest drought without a first-round draft pick. They had a first-round draft pick. Now it's Indiana. I'm not trying to bash Indiana, even though it looks like a cactus on the side of their helmets. Now they have the longest drought without a first-round draft pick since 1994, and the next longest drought is 2008. All right, Iowa's defense, and we did talk about this last week, so I'll just breeze through it real quick, had two players drafted in the first 18 picks. I feel like that's more points than the average per game last year, uh, a year point. ago, 18. All right. Now, Michigan, we did talk about this. One first-round draft pick. Ohio State had three. Alabama, teams that they're competing with at that elite high level. Okay. Ohio State had three, two in the top six. Bama had three, two of the top three picks in the NFL draft. Georgia only had three. Down year for them a year ago. They had 15 players drafted, five defensive players in the first round. Can Michigan truly compete with them? Again, listen to our show last week. And that is my surmise, synopsis, movie intelligente words that I'm trying to think of, of the Big Ten teams in the NFL draft overall. I tried to keep it short. No, I, and I, I just want to highlight a couple of them, some of the stories I love. Joey Porter Jr. getting drafted by my Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, his dad played there as well. I thought that one was really cool. Then you have Sam Laporta, who's going to be a really good tight end. It's like a wide receiver and a tight end body 
out of Iowa. Minnesota center John Michael Schmitz um, sounds like you know should be a Bible song, but it, it mm-hmm. is he he's a good center and he has all kinds of experience. So New York Football Giants got a good one there. Uh, hey, how about how about this? We got a kicker going off in the third round. Jake Moody out of Michigan. Then another kicker and Chad Ryland out of Maryland going in the fourth round. So a couple of kickers off the board. Then we had a punter, the always elusive punter, uh, Bryce. Berenger out of Michigan State. And then another punter, Brad Robbins out of Michigan, also going in the seventh round. The last Big Ten name to get drafted, Jalen Graham out of Purdue, linebacker with the 255th pick. You mentioned it too on Friday. How about Trey Palmer uh, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? That guy's a little bit fast. And so I think, you know, you're going to have you're going to have some speed down there in Tampa with him and you can probably utilize him on kick returns, punt returns as well. So those are just some of the names that I thought were interesting from the NFL draft. Uh, by the way, I got the here. Here it is. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all basketball info, stats, news, and scores. We will talk some basketball maybe in March. But other than that, we're very football-centric on the show. But the NBA playoffs are going up. Get the latest odds, lines, including the latest player reports from BetOnline.ag. Always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right next to the UFC and boxing. You can find it all. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games. You can play right from your home. Head to the website today from your mobile device or on your laptop. Be sure to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive 50% off on your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Bam, I knocked that one out. All right, so let's move on, Adam, unless you had something else on the draft. Uh, just a final thought on, well, I don't know if it's a final thought on the draft, but just a couple of thoughts as we start to wrap it up. First of all, Trey Palmer is the guy, fastest wide receiver, uh, per his 40-yard dash time yep. at the NFL Combine, goes in the sixth round. It's a little surprising because typically those guys go a little bit higher. He's uh, going to break the top off deep threat, break the top off of your defense as a deep threat. Can he be a consistent all around wide receiver? That's the only thing that kind of inhibited him from being drafted even higher and congrats to the man on getting drafted. That's a big accomplishment. Absolutely. Can, can he be more than just a deep threat? Can he improve his route running? Can he, is he willing to go over the middle and take a little bit of a lick after he catches the ball? All right. If you're, if you're interested in being a sponsor on the show, let us know. I will say, got to be a good fit, got to be a quality business. But the one final question I have for Jeff Turn with LeBron James holding a terrible towel, which is really just his laundry behind him, is this. Uh, Big Ten or not, just overall NFL draft question because we talk so much about kickers and punters for a minute here. Who's the only punter in, the, in history to be drafted in the first round? You don't really have to overthink it. Just think about college football awards. It's a guy you're going to think of. You'll think of this guy. You're going to hurt yourself, dude. Ray Guy. Yes, there you I tried to give you the best pitch I possibly could. There you go. <laughs> Just took me a second, man. It doesn't work ah, like you it go. used to. Ray Guy. Right. I like hey, by the way, real quick before we move on from the draft. You were drafted by the St. Louis Rams. Did you think you were going to be drafted by a different team? So the raft, the raft, the draft is the raft with a D draft is full of smoke screens. And my agents like there's certain teams that they call you and bring you in. They don't want you like that was the Broncos with Shanahan. They never drafted anybody that they brought in 
to look at into their facility or that they went and talked to. It was all smoke screens. They drafted guys they didn't look at. And some teams, they will straight up bring you in, talk to you, and they don't hide it. Uh, Shanahan, actually, when I got to D.C., uh, my first day in the building there in D.C., he goes, we tried to trade up to get you when I was at the Broncos a few years earlier. Uh, the Rams, who ended up drafting me, when I was on my visit at the Rams, uh, one of their scouts comes up to me, and he goes, you need to start looking for real estate around here. Ooh. So when they took me, I wasn't entirely shocked. Um, so I was, I was kind of hoping for the Broncos, to be honest with you. I got no complaints with the Rams, but it wasn't an entire shocker. But my agent's also like, it's a bunch of smoke screens. You never freaking know what's really going to happen. So it was kind of like going to bed the night before. Uh, my wife and I were kind of newly married, and it was kind of like, we're going to be going somewhere tomorrow. It could be Seattle, Miami, San Fran, New York, Denver, St. Louis. We really have no idea. We really have no control. So let's just see what the heck happens. And we did. And it ultimately went a different direction. And it's because of the game that they play and how they try to move, especially in the first round how they try to move around. All right, dude, let's jump to the portal. Let's do some portal eating. And um, the Big Ten show, he is Adam Carricker. I am Jeff Turn. So Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne, wide receiver Keon Coleman, cornerback Charles Brantley all hit the portal for Michigan State. We're going to focus more on Peyton Thorne. And Casey Thompson hit the portal last week from Nebraska. Final day was yesterday, the day before to hit the portal in college football for NCAA Division I football players. First of all, let's go to your neck of the woods, Nebraska. Were you at all surprised that Casey Thompson hit the portal? Uh, surprised, yes. Shocked, no. We had six quarterbacks on scholarship. Head coach Matt Rule flat out said it's the most talented quarterback room he's ever been a part of. You knew somebody was going to transfer. There's no way six scholarship guys were going to stay. Okay, somebody was going to go. The question was who. We also had an incredibly loaded running backs room. Uh, one of the top four running backs, freshman A.J. Allen, also hit the portal, which leaves us still with th three guys who would probably start for most Big Ten teams. Now, when it comes to Casey, he basically has said he's testing the waters. He very well may come back. He's testing the waters, and why in the world would he not? And it hurts my heart to say this. Uh, my gut tells me he's going to end up in Florida or Auburn. I think Florida is a little bit better situation. I think oh. Auburn, too. The, the Auburn situation, too, is one that, you know, right away started getting a lot of, you know, a lot of run on social media and stuff. So we'll see on that front. And I think with Casey too, you know, he came in last year. It was sort of like, all right, Scott Frost, his butts on the hot seat. Casey can p potentially save that if he has a great year. And we all know what happened as a, as a whole for Nebraska a season ago, he was dealing with injuries as well. And, you know, when you have all those quarterbacks and you could potentially just have a starting job somewhere else, and you don't know what's going to happen between now and then. And you're a guy that's been there a long time. It's not like or you've been in college football a long time. It's not like, you know, you got four, four years left. I don't blame him at all with the options that you have now as, as a quarterback in the transfer portal world and the opportunity to play right away. And he's utilizing the portal. Like the student athlete should use the portal. Not how coaches want you to, not how a lot of fans want you to, but how student athletes should use the portal in my opinion. Um, then we student had athletes. Let me hop in real quick. Student athletes are essentially college businessmen and women, businessmen and women now. So he's using it like a businessman essentially yep. would. And for those not familiar, uh, Georgia tech uh, transfer quarterback, Jeff Sims, there was going to be a quarterback battle That's between him. Good, and Casey right? He's the guy. Yeah. So he wasn't guaranteed anything. Like you said, this is his last season. So uh, if Jeff starts, he's got two years. If Casey starts this is his last year. So we'll just see what happens. Jeff Sims, though, is the guy. If Casey's not there, that's who it is, right? Jeff Sims? 
He clearly looked like the best quarterback in the spring game. Okay, all right. And then we had Peyton Thorne uh, from Michigan State. Started 26 games through 49 touchdowns, uh, nearly 6,500 passing yards. There was a three-way battle there, not a two-way battle, the three-way battle there. And so he enters the portal. He's doing some portalating, and I'm sure he'll land on his feet right away as well uh, because it's one of those guys that can chuck it around the yard, a dude that has experience, start 26 games in college football. I remember two years ago, they had all that success at Michigan State last year, not so much. You know, when you think about the situation for Michigan State, when you have a down year like a year ago, and then the the guy that was your starting quarterback decides to transfer. I think some people would go, wait a second, we, we got somebody that's even better than that. Awesome. Others may say, man, uh, Michigan State doesn't know who their quarterback's going to be. Is it going to be another tumultuous year after two years ago having such a good year and giving Mel Tucker all that money? What says Adam Carricker? Well, there's no guarantees. A lot of guys come in highly touted, highly heralded, you know, and I'm going to go back a ways and I'm going to jump out of the conference as I tend to do. Obviously, we're Big Ten folk, although you're in South Dakota. I don't know what, what that qualifies you as, but we're Big Ten folk on this show. Missouri Valley Football Conference. <laughs> I like it. But I hearken back to Texas and Major Applewhite, who'd been there for years, owned records, and in comes this highly touted freshman, Chris Sims. And if you remember, that year, Major Applewhite was the starter most of the year. Towards the end, Chris Sims took over, and had they beaten Colorado in the Big 12 championship, a team they had dominated 41-7 to earlier that year. We'll ignore that they beat Nebraska 62-36. That didn't happen, never existed. Um, had they won that game, they'd have been in the national championship game versus Miami, and I will to this day maintain that had they started Major Applewhite, the guy who'd been there that they took for granted, they'd have been in that game. So sometimes and they would have the, kicked by Miami, by the way, okay? Oh, so just, I just forgot so you know. you're that guy. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Sorry. I South Dakota to forgot. South Beach to you. All right, go ahead. South Dakota to South Beach. Oh, my yes. goodness. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm portalating while you're talking here. It's just a fun word to say. So I, yeah. I digress. But it's like, don't take for granted what you have. This guy's sure. a two-year starter. He led you to 11 wins a couple years ago, top 10 finish, a major six bowl game victory. All right. Now, from his perspective, I'm looking at it from his perspective. We went from 11 wins to five and seven a year ago. There's all sorts yeah. of question marks everywhere. I'm probably aware that some of my other teammates are leaving too. That probably affected my decision. Sure. Just a smidge or iota. Now, also... I'm starting to look around the Big Ten East, possibly the toughest division in all of college football, absolutely yep. one of the top two. Can yep. we keep up with Ohio State? Can we keep up with Michigan? Can we keep up with Penn State? I've got to compete with a million other guys. Look at what I've done the past couple of years, and already they've forgotten. So from yep. his perspective, I could see why he would make this decision, and maybe he's going to portal late and come back in. I don't think so. I think he's gone somewhere else. What yeah, says especially with Jeff Turn, where the, H is, where the H is quiet. Uh, I would say he's gone with a three-way battle. I think he read the the writing on the wall that they wanted to go a little younger. They're going to go in a different direction. And, you know, I, I think for him, because he has all those numbers, it becomes instant credibility on the on the portal yep. market, man. You know, it's not like, a, oh, this is a project. We need a, If you need a quarterback that you need to come in with veteran leadership that can chuck the ball around, 6,500 yards of college football for two years, pretty darn good, man, 26 starts. Uh, I would say... He's ready, especially with what he's seen from a physicality standpoint in the Big Ten. I I think that that's a slam dunk if you need a quarterback uh, to, to go right away. And and now, Adam, though, like, settle time. We, we know the names in the portal because it was the deadline. And so now it's just finding those homes at this point 
for a lot of those guys. And so that will be the big news where they land now, not so much who actually decides to enter the portal. Like I said, man, we were talking about spring football recently. It's become the, hey, I'm not going to play. Uh, this was sort of my final hurrah, and I'm out. Uh, I, the, 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 I think it's sort of been the portal to the portal, the spring game. You know, it's it's all right. The pathway is here. I saw the pathway. I'm not going to be a part of this team. Time to leave. Time to exit stage right. Where do you think Peyton Thorne potentially ends up? I have no idea. Honestly, man. I, I saw like six or seven teams that I, when I was looking it up, different places that he could go. You got one on your mind? I mean, the two that pop in are Florida and Auburn all over again. I don't know that he's quite as good of a fit with those particular schools as Casey Thompson might be. They like to be a little bit more mobile with their quarterbacks. Yep. One of these days, I just want to see, like, when Donovan McNabb was traded from the Eagles to D.C., and then he turned around and played the Eagles twice the following year. I was on that team. I want to see that in college football. I want to see Peyton Thorne go to a team within the division so he can go back and play Michigan State. I mean, if we're going to become just like the NFL, let's become just like the NFL, and let's just see what happens. I think that would be some of the funnest things that could happen. That's called a segue in the business, Adam. If you want to be like the NFL, let's be like the NFL. Mike Loxley, and Maryland's head football coach, just got a contract extension uh, last couple of years, most success Maryland football has ever had, which is surprising to me because Mike Loxley had a god-awful record prior to that. Like, dude kept I, – I was shocked that this dude continued yep. to keep a job because I thought he was a bad coach. Uh, Their helmets even worse. Yeah, and I don't even know that he's a good coach. He's just had some good fortune, <laughs> I think, the last couple of years. But he was talking to Fox Sports' R.J. Young, and here's what he had to say. We signed a billion-dollar TV deal in the Big Ten. Let's take $25 million out of that and give it to every school and say, that's your salary cap. That's what you recruit with. You manage it how you see fit, which is very similar to what the NFL does with their salary cap as well. Now, this goes into the debate about paying players and Title IX comes into the conversation and you know the NIL world sort of circumvented Title IX and all these other things would have to be legislated, I'm sure, if we went to a pay-for-play system with a salary cap. But just purely let's say that all that gets worked out. And hypothetically, you could do $25 million salary cap every Big Ten team. I loved your hand motions there. Are they are they getting the stamp <laughs> of approval from you, man? Are you going to give them the stamp of approval on that? So I did a little bit of recon research. I like to sound halfway muy inteligente from time to time. So... The NFL teams, their salary cap for this year, up $20 million from a year ago, is $224,800,000. All right, now, when you look at dividing that between 53 players on the active roster, that's a little over $4 million per player. Obviously, quarterbacks are making way more. Guys who don't play as much are making way less. Yada, yada, yada. Y'all get that. Now, when you talk about 85 scholarship guys amongst $25 million per team, that's just under 300,000, roughly 294, 295,000 per player. Obviously, there's a disparity, but we obviously know NFL athletes and players are considerably different than college athletes and players. Clearly, quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, award winners in college football, especially if they come back or if they're transferring from one school to another, a la Jordan Addison from Pittsburgh to USC a year ago, they're going to cost more money. Guys who don't play as much will cost less, so on. And so so forth. So if you look at this, if you go 14 times 25 million, all right, out of a billion dollar deal, so to speak, $350 million. That means you're paying your labor labor force, so to speak, 35%, and everyone else is getting 65%. Now I will say this: a lot of NIL funds are outside of what he's talking about. 
just so he knows. It's not necessarily the TV uh, money that's paying for these NIL funds, but that's kind of a show for another day. So here are my thoughts. This could cause more parity across college football, just like the NFL, which has a salary cap, has way more parity than Major League Baseball, which was which does not have a salary cap. But I was also like, you know, this could actually hurt. I don't want to say the little guy, but the little guy in effect for two reasons. Number one, if you're spending the same amount of money, if you're Maryland as Ohio State and Michigan, but you're not making the same amount of money, not that you're going to be hurting, but there's a disparity in the amount of money that you're going to be making, even though you're like you're, you're going to be netting because you're spending the same, but you're not making the same because you're not the name brand, so you're not netting the same amount. So is it really a benefit? But, but, on the TV, but on the TV deal, I do believe that they split that equally. So it wouldn't matter based on the TV deal versus like ticket revenue or whatever. I think mm-hmm. that's a separate conversation. So yep. at least if it was just based on what Loxley pointed out with the, the TV deal, I think at that point it, it doesn't hurt the individual school. Now, if they were, if they were going, all right, we're going to take money from the, t- the t- season ticket funds. Yeah. Ohio state is, is going to go, all right, cool. It's just a drop in the bucket to us for $25 million versus grabbing it from Maryland where half of it is empty on a, on a, sorry, I don't know. Maybe it's not half empty, but I would assume uh, I get half, empty, half empty on a Saturday. So yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying there. I think the parody point is great. Uh, it brings into, you know, like now the NIL stuff, creates such a disadvantage for those other schools that don't have that kind of money, right? Like Texas, Ohio state, us, all these places have way more booster money than, you know, Rutgers or whatever it is. So I I think that part makes a a great point. Now I wonder would the NIL stuff still be in play because if NIL is still in play, you're all you're doing is giving kids money. And then the NIL is going to uneven the playing field again. So to put a button on what you were saying, if you go strictly by TV deal, you're absolutely correct. If you start looking at the outside factors that all these schools make money, it's very uneven. But I, I will say this. It's been the wild, wild west, you know, NIL, transfer portal, all, all that. Some sort of rules and boundaries have to be put into place. It does make it feel more like a minor league system when you talk about a salary yep. cap. That's what it is. That's what it's become anyways. I think it's good to start improving the game. Now, I also think this could actually hurt the smaller schools, because right now, guys at Ohio State, guys at Nebraska, and I know the win-loss record hasn't been great, but these big-name brand schools, they're saying, we're only going to pay you so much. We want you to come here because you want to be here, and then we're going to help you get to the big NIL known as the NFL, whereas a lot of these smaller schools are starting to offer more money. So a lot of these smaller schools are actually offering more money than big schools because that's how they can attract That's how they can attract some of these guys away from the bigger schools. So could it actually hurt the players that they can get? Because now if I can only offer the same amount of money now, why are you going to go to Maryland over Ohio state? If both schools are offering you the same amount of money versus Maryland could have before offered more in an effort to try to catch up, maybe get some players, maybe make more money. Maybe that's how they catch up. Maybe it doesn't work, but it gave them the opportunity. Now you're capping yourself, whether he realizes it or not. Did that make sense? Cause I think it did. No, it did, and then I'll put a final bow on my thoughts on it because I know that people would say, well, we're just continuing to devalue what college football has always been about, tradition and being different than the NFL. Listen, if you had a $25 million salary cap, do you think the band isn't going to sound the same? Do you think tailgating isn't going to happen as much? Do you think people aren't going to buy the same sort of gear and be very pageantry like when they go out on a Saturday morning and do you think that that alums aren't going to support the program as much because you're paying the players a combined 25 million dollars my answer would be unequivocally no 
I think it's going to stay the exact same. It's not going to change anything about what you think of college football. The kids will feel like they have a little bit more power, but that doesn't take away from what I watch on a Saturday, what I think about a university that I care about, or anything else like that. I don't think it takes away from any of what college football has been about by giving them money. I, I, at this point, I don't think that would change anything. I think the 12-team playoff is going to affect college football feeling more like the NFL than what we're talking about at yep, the moment. 100% but that's agree. a whole nother 15 shows in of itself. Question for you. Is $50 million the right amount of money? Uh, what, uh, $25 million, $25 million, I'm sorry. Is that the right amount of money per team? Because my initial reaction was, I don't think that's the right amount of money. As I dug into the numbers, it wasn't as off as I thought. I'd have to it's dig in more. It's a get, third. To, 35%. Like yeah. To give a little bit more deeper analysis, but I want to hear your thoughts. Is that uh, they ain't getting fifty fifty? I mean, this ain't this ain't the NBA revenue sharing. Like this probably about the right amount. Then yeah, I'd say take it and be happy as hell that it's thirty five percent. I mean, I I think the university and those guys would be pissed off. They'd say no, that's too much. Uh, but I think if I'm a student athlete, hell yeah, we weren't getting anything before. Give me thirty percent, and I, I'm gonna be happy with it. Man. I do think that would spread out the talent more because if you got a quarterback coming in, getting a couple million, and then you got Addison coming from Pittsburgh to USC. I use that example again he's getting a couple million i mean those the average is about three hundred thousand per, per player you have yep. dropped the average of everyone else the depth of teams is going to fall which is going to yep. spread out the talent which could make it more interesting across the board so i've literally made arguments for the little guy being benefited and herded from it from this on both sides of the fence here's what i think i think it's a good start i think it's a great start I'm kind of curious. To, there's been some self-imposed rules. Like I said, bigger name schools are kind of like, we're not paying you above this. And so I'm kind of curious to see where these self-imposed rules go and how those affect things going forward. It's an interesting thought from Maryland head football coach, Mike Loxley. We'll see where it goes from here. Make sure and join us on the next Big Ten show later this week. In the meantime, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, subscribe, like, do the whole nine yards. That is, as we said, the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turnus. Another page has turned here on the Big Ten Show. Until we talk next time, y'all be well. Take care. I'm going to go percolate.